award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We have an awesome show set up for you today. It's our first show with a live studio audience. So, Todd, hit the switch, buddy. There you see behind us we have a live yeah. studio Woo audience. We are live at the ACI convention in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, ACI is what, Don? The Association for Conservation Information, and it's uh, it's it's uh, you know the the membership is is uh, communications professionals from all around the country that either work for a state wildlife agency like we do, or a federal agency, or have some connection with conservation in some way. So uh, it's. You, you have these conferences and you get to know folks and it's a great way to to communicate with them kind of behind the scenes and trade ideas mm -hmm. and uh, we've had some really good presentations this week so yeah it, it's been a great conference so far it has been it has been and uh, it's been a, a fun time uh, hosting everyone here and I appreciate them being on the show this is my this is our first uh, this is the largest number of guests we've had on a show yes yeah yeah <laughs> so that's awesome they can't say anything though I've, I've asked them to be quiet so the recording goes well but anyway our guest Jason Holland you all know Jason Holland if you're out there watching listening uh, you've heard him seen him and we're glad to have him on the show yeah, today always a pleasure I appreciate you uh, inviting me and thanks for inviting me in front of you know a bunch of people that do this for a living so you know, no pressure on me whatsoever but now I, I always love doing the Wildcast so I always have a great time uh, hopefully provide some education um, and ultimately just try to get the word out a little bit more about fishing but just mm -hmm. trying to get people outside staying outside and enjoying uh, all the great resources from here locally the state and of course across the country well this is a good chance for you to make some connections these guys may want to well i mean you never know i am available work uh, with you yeah i mean i'm expensive yeah. But, you know, quality's not cheap, so. <laughs> and Jason is a regular guest on our show. You know, good mm -hmm. fishing tips and, and, as he said, you know, just just general rah-rah uh, uh, for the outdoors. Hey, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's what we all love to do. And the great thing about this type of platform is we get, again, we talk about fishing and, and techniques and all the different pieces that go into it. But it's even more exciting of the fact that we get, hopefully, our passion for the outdoors comes across through these types of events and motivates people to you know, get out and enjoy it. I mean, we are very, very blessed here locally and across our great country to have some amazing resources to get out and take advantage of them. And amazing people that help us get the word out. That's too. exactly yeah. right. It wasn't for them. Uh, you know, it would not have the overall reach that we do. So mm -hmm. it's exciting to be uh, asked and be a part of it as always. Yeah. Well, tell us how ICAST was. You were at ICAST? I was. ICAST was last week. And so for people that are not familiar with ICAST, it's basically it's an industry uh, trade show where everybody that's in the fishing business uh, or a lot of just the outdoor business, anywhere from, you know, coolers, apparel, you name it, they all get together in Orlando, Florida. And we get to see what's coming out for the following year. Uh, much like this, I mean, you mm -hmm. get to make some connections and build some relationships and ultimately help, you know, move the overall uh, outdoor industry forward. So, had a great ICAST. I mean, we're, like everything else, I mean, we're just dragging, trying to, uh, you lose a week and then you're, you're up, you're sleeping 10 hours and five nights. I mean, so it's, 
It's a lot of fun. ICAST was great. Uh, actually, had saw uh, you know some folks from the uh, Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency mm-hmm. was there, so got to spend some time with Jennifer and yeah. uh, got to make some great connections there. So ICAST was awesome. I tell you what, get ready. There's some really cool stuff coming out uh, for the overall outdoor industry, especially in the fishing and sector. Obviously, you were there with Cashin, and, and I was. Yeah. So uh, you know, that's my full time gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for uh, Cashin Fishing Rods. Uh, you know, we manufacture fishing rods uh, here in the States. We're one uh, of only a couple left that actually make fishing rods domestically. And we're the only one that I'm aware of that actually makes the fishing blank and the grips. And, of course, we assemble. So, uh, you know, really very, very blessed to be part of that company and to be able to uh, talk through and, and bring that technology to the fishing industry. And, of course, uh, you know, I try to go fishing as much as I can personally. I know, I know when we first started having you as a regular guest, uh, you know, cashing was, was uh, one of the things you talked about. You were motivated because of the quality of the product, you know, being made in, in America, and, and you just loved the, the product. Well, it... And you weren't working for him at that uh, point. I was know? not. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of being blessed, that, that's great yeah, it was you were good. able to, to uh, make that connection and, and go to work for them. Yeah. Tony, it was fantastic. Just, you know, you, uh, two connections. Everything moves at the speed of relationship. And so got to start there and build a relationship and was working a full-time uh, job and another career. And after 20 years, was able to move and move full-time into the fishing industry. So now I've married up my passion and a career. And all I do now is work. And... Uh, <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in this room can speak and attest yeah. to that. But uh, I wake up every morning smiling. Mm-hmm. I get to talk about fishing in the outdoors uh, every single second of my life. Awesome. Uh, to the detriment of my wife, uh, <laughs> who is sick of hearing about fishing and lures and uh, fishing rods. But uh, it's, it's been a great transition. So very, very blessed. And, you know, our relationship uh, just have been able to start there and, and grow. And, you know, it's been a big part of the overall success that... Uh, being in the industry, so yeah. excited about it! I'm excited today to talk about spinnerbaits. Spinnerbaits, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do we have, man? We're, let's, I don't know how deep. Well, I know time is not going to let us get too far into the weeds, but uh, there is a ton of stuff. Spinnerbait fishing is uh, a lot of guys started. I mean, when they got into the fishing uh, with their grandpa or with their dad, you know, spinnerbait has been around. I think since the invention of time, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of one of those <laughs> lures that just um, you know it's been a mainstay. And so there's so many nuances with it, much like any. Any type of fishing, uh, especially when you get into the overall nuances of it. And listen, we can get into the weeds, and we'll talk about overall weights and weight displacements and forward heads and uh, you know weight. But for this time, we have a very limited uh, ability, so we're going to kind of hit high level. And hopefully, next one that we do, we can dive a little bit deeper into it. But uh, spinnerbait fishing—I mean, it's, it's caught. Uh, just I, in my opinion, almost as many uh, fish uh, in the bass sector as the plastic worm, uh-huh. uh, and it's been around for a long, long time. So we're going to dive into that. We'll dive into the line, uh, the rod, uh, the reel. We'll talk about the overall just speed of retrieve. We'll talk about some of the nuances, and get we'll try to keep it fun, interesting. And I don't want everybody to sit and just completely tune out because I get <laughs> way too in depth about uh, size of blades <laughs> and clevises. But uh, spinnerbait fishing is a ton of fun. It's one of those bites that. Once you ever get bent on a spinnerbait, you want to do it over and over because they, they're trying to kill it. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's a reaction bite. It's tapping into their overall uh, you know, predatory mindset. And when they hit it, they're trying to kill it. And, man, that bite is fun. If uh-huh. you can get a kid to catch a fish on a spinnerbait, uh, he's done. I mean, he's <laughs> going to be chasing that feeling for the rest of his life. Well, it's something they don't have to stand there and wait or try to feel that bite. They're, they're cranking. 
and yeah. it's it's exciting to feel that. Yeah, you know. you, you're moving, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing, especially when you have younger kids. Um, of course, you know, I, we talked about before on the show, hey, when you take them fishing for the first time, get them live bait. Let them catch a bunch of fish. You don't want to – my grandpa, dear Lord, he had a uh, strong hand when it came to kids going fishing. But you didn't talk. You didn't breathe. <laughs> uh, I mean, you didn't move. If you did that, I mean, you were out of the boat or you're going, uh, you know, off the bank headed to the truck. And you're wearing camo too even so the fish didn't uh, see yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you had yeah, no bright colors. I mean, he was way over the top. But I, I appreciate where he's coming from. Um, of course, you know, just didn't, I think, have the overall ability. Again, this is kind of where the education part comes in, understanding how that doesn't play as much as the old-timers thought that it did, mm. even though it has a place. But my point was, to take them fishing for the first time, you know, a couple times, can't let them catch a bunch of bluegill, get yeah. a love for it. And then as they grow into the sport and begin to do it, get them in into a lure or a bite that is absolutely vicious. And mm. once they feel that tug and that hit, man, it just – and they're officially hooked. So uh, yeah. spinnerbait is a great way to do that. And you can do a lot of different things with the spinnerbaits, and you can throw a spinnerbait pretty much any place across the country and catch fish from ponds to creeks uh, to your main, you know, main reservoirs, highland reservoirs. It doesn't matter. Uh, a spinnerbait just does a great job of mimicking uh, you know, the forage of the bait fish that are there. And then you just start making tweaks, right? Everything is – you start with a high level and then begin to let your addiction grow and mm-hmm. you just get ate up with it and you start finding every nuance. And ultimately, you're trying to catch more fish than the guy, you know, on the other boat. And spinnerbaits do a really great job of that. Well, this is – that's kind of – some of the things you're mentioning is how this show kind of got started because uh, previous comments on YouTube said, I'd love to see something on spinnerbaits, how you do this, how you do that, what kind of water you're going to fish it in. So I'm excited to learn today. Yeah. So let's just start with the rod type and the reel type. All right, let's do it. So Todd, make me look pretty all right. I'm going to try to put this up here so everybody can see it. Of course, cash and fishing rod. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. Why, why would I not have anything else in my hand? It's a shameless plug for the company I work for. Uh, but this specific rod is a multi-purpose rod. It's a 7.4 uh, medium heavy on the power. It's a mod fast on the action. All that means is you want a rod that's going to have a little bit deeper bend. So when you set the hook, it's going to have the ability to load up and drive that hook home. Uh, the other piece of it is, is that in, we're going to talk two different types, but in this scenario, you want a longer rod where you can make longer casts. Okay. All right, so a, a seven, between a 7.1 to a 7.4, 7.5 is going to really fit that bill. Um, so... Multi-purpose rod, uh, got a loose reel. Uh, so really, use whatever reel you want, whatever you're comfortable with. The main thing is gear ratio. All gear ratio means, very high level, is how much line gets picked up every time you turn the crank. Right? So you want kind of middle of the road. You, as the angler, you're the one that needs to speed it up or slow it down, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. This is a 6-4 to 1. Uh, that's going to be a really good opportunity to, like I said, make those adjustments on the fly based on what the fish are doing. Um, line. So we're going to talk talk pound test at this point. We're not going to talk into specific types of line. Sure. Um, fluorocarbon. Uh, I don't know where you're at, Todd. I'll get up shoulder high so you don't yell at me later. Um, <laughs> fluorocarbon. I highly recommend fluorocarbon um, for this type of fishing. It's going to be really clear. It's also going to uh, – it sinks. All right, so that's going to help you from a depth perspective. You also can use braid if you're fishing mm-hmm. uh, in grass. Though, say uh, here locally in the state, Chickamauga's got a bunch of hydrilla milfoil in it. And if you're going through the top of that, having some stronger line like a braid mm-hmm. uh, will work real well. Okay. Problem with braid is just get ready. You're throwing braid. It's very limp. It's going to wrap around your blade every now and then when you're casting it. Just get ready. It's part of it. But the headache of that is worth what you benefit when you're in that scenario. So we're going to talk about line tensile strength. So... I'm going to rate anywhere between 15-pound and 20-pound test. That depends on what I'm doing. 
if I'm fishing, let's just say, um, let me go to the next scenario. This is for making real long casts. Second is going to be if you're doing real cast around docks, right? So a lot of lakes have got tons of docks on them, got wood lay down, mm -hmm. and you want to make very precise roll cast, shrink your rod. Right, don't work yourself to death with okay. a 7.2 or 7.3. Get somewhere like a 6.6 six or a 6.9 length rod. Mm -hmm. That's going to give you the ability to make you know really short, precise roll casts. Uh, in that scenario, you're going to want a medium power um, on your – a medium to medium heavy depending on it, your weight. But the main thing is you want to change your overall action. In those scenarios, you get real short casts. You've got to get them and get them coming to you real fast before they wrap around the dock leg mm -hmm. or before they get into the br into branches or whatever the case may be. So you don't want a mod fast action. You want a fast action, mm. which all that means is that the tip is going to have a lot more flex, and then it all turns into the backbone. So when you get the bite, you can set the hook, and then the power kicks in so you can drag them out. So it's a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more uh, maybe detailed than we want to get. No, it's but, good. It's uh, good. Roll cast short. When you want to get them moving and you want to get them going to you real fast before they wrap you up, go with the fast. If you're making long bomb casts across maybe a big flat with a bunch of stumps, do a mod fast. That's going to help you with hookups. All right. All right. Rod, real line. We all covered there. Got it. All right. Got it. Uh, I will talk Gamma. Gamma is a great, great company. They're based here in the States. They do a fantastic job. Shameless plug for Gamma, but mm -hmm. um, really, really like their product. Now we're going to talk about the lure itself. And so spinner baits, man, they're all over the board. Uh, there's Indiana blades, there's Willow Leaf blades, there's Colorado blades. There's forward, uh, you know, forward weight on the uh, the spinner bait, meaning that the head of uh, on the bait is, you know, has more lead up there. And they also have, and we'll kind of go through those. You also have where it's kind of a hidden weight, where the weight is actually lower on the hook shank mm -hmm. and is get covered up by the overall skirt. Everything has an application. You got anywhere from a uh, quarter ounce all the way down to stuff that you throw on, say, Kentucky Lake on the ledges, and you're 25, 30 feet deep. That's going to be an ounce to an ounce and a half on a spinnerbait. Man, there is a massive spectrum. So my recommendation is, man, just don't get, don't get over your skis with it um, as you're getting into it. Pick with the three-eighths if you're going to be shallow. Stick with a half ounce. That's a half ounce is probably the most all-around mm -hmm. uh, size that you're going to throw on a spinner bait. But eh, three eighths to half ounce, it's going to do 95% of what you want to do. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, blades and colors. Um, so before I get into that, storage of spinner baits is an absolute nightmare. It's a nightmare. Uh, it's a, one of the biggest pains, and they're they're everywhere. You got silicone skirts that get too hot, they'll melt. Yeah. Uh, then you're trying to Are keep... Are they rot? Uh, yeah. Then you got the bands, depending on is it hand tied or yeah. is it silicone, you know, with the, the holding the yeah. overall... Yeah. They can be a hassle. So I, I am not... I have no connection with this company whatsoever, but um, this company is called Bass Mafia. Uh, this is actually the Blade Coffin. Uh, I know. It's fantastic marketing. <laughs> yeah. right? We're talking about death and fishing all at the yeah. same time. But uh, it, it does a great job of... Uh, Todd, you getting those... All right, those uh, they, they hold them very well. They just kind of pop open, and then of course you can see this is one of three boxes that I That's have. That's pretty slick. Yeah, I, I see one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an addiction. It's all right. Don't, oh, it don't come out. No, no. Here's what's cool. So to get it out, oh, you just pop it. You pop it there, awesome. and then you get it to ah. it. So uh, it's actually got a rod that the little. Yeah, uh, I see now. Yeah, yeah, a little it's like uh, a three ring binder for your spinnerbait. Nice. You know, it's actually uh, not a bad <laughs> idea. But uh, for folks that are trying to figure out, this is a great way to store them. You can store a bunch. I don't know how many this holds. I'm going to take a guess of 20-ish, maybe 25. Yeah. At least. Um, and it, it fits real well in your boat or if you're uh, you know, in a backpack or whatever, you can carry a bunch of uh, hard plastic and makes dealing with spinnerbaits much easier. Yeah. It's still a pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still just a pain. But uh, that works really, really well. 
All right, so we're going to talk, and I got seven of them laid out here. We don't have time to go into every single one, but yeah. we're going to hit we're going to hit a couple of the most popular. So uh, this is going to be the most popular style. All right, you're going to have a willow leaf, um, two different sizes, and then you're going to have. Well, let me back up. What is a spinnerbait? All a spinnerbait does is, of course, you got your skirt that you're going to work and it's going to flare. Mm -hmm. and so, and you also have these that spin as they spin. They put off a flash. Ultimately, trying to mimic, you know, a, a shad, a fling shad, or maybe even a group of them. That's all it is. And you throw it, it spins, creates a bunch of displacement of water, taps into the lateral line, which, you know, gets their attention, and then over there, see it, then pop, and uh, it's a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. So that's a spinnerbait. Now, spinnerbaits can, there's inline spinners, there's buzz baits, there's any, I mean, there's just a whole plethora uh, of anything with the blade that helps uh, displace water and, and track the tension. But again, we're going to stick with the uh, tried and true spinnerbait. Mm -hmm. Willow leaf, so you got a smaller one. Uh, you got a, a larger one. You got this clevis right here, and that blade slides up and down. And so as you're working and as you're popping it, uh, again, it's movement and uh, attracts attention. So color-wise, you, you can go all over the board. Um, it, I watched the show before. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of red. Right. So I'm going to have red in most of my spinnerbaits if they're white or a bone color, anything I'm trying to mimic a shad. Uh, I just like red. Uh, I don't know works well, or not. Look, look at your tackle box. Yeah, I mean, I, that's uh, – <laughs> Apparently, I like red a lot. I don't know. Everything I buy is red. But in, when it comes to fishing lures, I like the just because it gives them something, again, to, to key in and, uh, and focus on. But um, this one actually has a couple things that we talked about. As you see on this one, this is actually a half-ounce spinnerbait, but it has a very small head, comparatively speaking. This, as you can see, all the weight oh, yeah. is actually uh -huh. uh, poured down the shank of the hook. All that does is it gives you the same weight, but it shrinks your profile, your overall bait, where this one, for example has a much larger head, Yeah. same exact weight, right? They're both a half-ounce spinnerbait, but this one doesn't have any weight down the backside. Okay. Uh, you added a trailer to that one. I one. did. So um, A red hook. Uh, shocker. <laughs> All right. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, it also has red eyes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have no idea why. But going this, again, a different style, where this is important is if you have a larger, uh, depending on time of year, but if you have a larger bait fish, right? So you're making those small tweaks and adjustments to try to get – additional bites right so it, i could take any of these and throw them and get some bites mm -hmm. all we're doing with tweaks is trying to get one more and one more and that's just the overall addiction that we all deal with mm -hmm. but uh again once you have the overall profile all you're doing is then is just dialing it in trying to get additional bites so um did notice yeah this has got a uh, trailer hook so this is more for open water if I'm throwing around wood, if I'm throwing around docks and make those – I do not throw a trailer hook because it's going to hook everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it won't catch, I mean, I'll get a bite and miss the fish, but mm -hmm. if it gets near a log, it somehow gets hung up. It's just the nature of it. But open water, uh, I throw a trailer hook because you will pick up the short strikes. Um, there's a couple different types of trailer hooks. This one actually is just kind of a free-flowing. It's got a – if you can see, a uh, piece of surgical tubing that just holds it on, and so it's a free-flowing. Also, I've got some that you hook on. And it actually it holds it in place more steady, so it doesn't have that drop. Personally, I like the free flowing. Just yeah, feel like I get more more uh, realistic too. Yeah, and then the other thing is, again, it doesn't have um, doesn't have any friction, right? So it doesn't have anything. So mm -hmm. when a bass bites it, it doesn't give him the ability to get leverage, right? This is anywhere he goes and whatever he does, it's going to be able to free flow and not get a leverage point where he can pop the hook. Mm -hmm. So again, color wise, um, keep it pretty simple. I keep a lot, of, a lot of whites, a little bit of whites and chartreuse. Uh, this one is a fire tiger. It is uh, a great time in the spring. 
uh, especially around smallmouth. They again, anything that's more of a sight feeder, they love those bright colors. So um, this one actually looks really nice. So yeah. I don't think I have thrown this one at all. But uh, and again, when you look at them, uh, you don't look at specific colors. Also in this, well, back to colors real come quick. On. Darker colors. Would you do dark colors, darker water? Yeah, and it's pretty much yeah. the rule of thumb. Okay. If you're going to be uh, in stained water uh, at night, uh, if you're throwing spinner, it's spinner baits at night. Uh, in the summer are absolutely killer. Uh, I throw a black spinnerbait with a, I mean, it's, I don't have one with me, but it's a massive um, Colorado blade. I mean, it is huge, and it just, it thumps. So it feels like the fish is already on. Yeah, it's thump, <laughs> thump. I mean, you actually feel it on three. And all you're doing, again, you're just tapping that lateral line to get them to pay attention to what's going on. And then a darker profile uh, actually shows up better in darker water, right? Because all you're trying to do is silhouette. So there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Uh, go out and check it out. But it's amazing because originally I thought, man, if it's dark water, I want the brightest color I can find. I want white. I want, yeah. I want it to glow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually works in reverse. So they're looking for the profile in, the, in, in darker stained water at nighttime. So a darker bait actually profiles better in darker water. So okay. sunnier, go lighter. Darker, go darker. I know it's counterintuitive, but it actually works. It works. You can go out there and check it out. People are doing it. Yeah, just don't believe me. <laughs> go out there and you can research it. But um, So color-wise, um, in the spring, I love red. I mean, everything's red. Uh, trailer, uh, we'll get into trailers here, here in a second, okay. but the spinnerbait's red, the blades are red, the trailer's red. Springtime, I don't know. I, I would love to say I'd had some kind of scientific, and I'm sure somebody in this room probably could tell me why that's a, a good <laughs> idea, but springtime, I throw red, and, uh, and then from there, as it you know, as the seasons change, I'll just focus on exactly what the forage looks like. Only thing that gets different is if you go up north, if you're fishing some big flats on the Great Lakes, again smallmouth sight feeders, throw the most obnoxious color I could find. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's pink and glowing neon, they love it. So that's really the only change or caveat to it. But just kind of match. And we all say it, match the hatch, and it gets overused. But ultimately, you're trying to mimic what's what the bass are feeding on. See what that is. All right. So is it different for, uh, say, a Highland Reservoir or, you know, another different types of bodies of water? Here in Tennessee, we got a lot, a lot different. Yeah, we do. So only thing I do differently is if it's a clear water, uh, personally, I always just shrink down the overall, you know, make it more compact. Okay. Right. And that's really the only adjustments that I make. Um, uh, Dale Hollow is a prime example, right? You get springtime, you get as super shallow as you possibly can get. I mean, all the way back in the pockets where, and there's very little shallow water on Dale Hollow, but find the skinniest water I can, and I'll take, uh, actually, this is a, a great one. Um, it's itty bitty. This is a quarter ounce. Um, small mouth, absolutely destroy it. Now, can I catch them on a bigger one? Yeah, absolutely. But I get more bites, more consistent bites on taking a smaller profile, smaller presentation, getting it super skinny. Trick in that, kind of going back to the reel, is you got to reel it as wheel, wheel it. You got to wheel. We got to wheel, wheel it. That wheel that wheel. Wheel it or reel it. Uh, <laughs> pick whatever one you want to do. Uh, you need to reel it as fast as you possibly can, right? So, again, we're trying to trigger uh, and make them uh, react, mm -hmm. right? You want that instinct to kick in. They want us to go and smash it because they're the predator. In that case, I mean, you're, you're burning as fast as you can. So having a reel that's in the middle of the road, it gives me the ability to speed it up, slow it down, whatever mm -hmm. I need to do. But uh, you take, if you're fishing for smallmouth, uh, you know, get a small spinnerbait, reel it as fast as you possibly can. Now, we'll talk about blades just real fast, um, and we don't have time to get all into what they do. But for speed, right, what happens is if you, if you have the wrong blade and try to reel, reel it real fast, it will blow out, meaning it's going to roll, it's going to lose cavitation, and then you're going to have to stop it, you know, stop reeling, let it sink back down the straight, and then start it again. So. Okay. Really, when you get it to position where you need to to burn a spinnerbait, use a willow leaf, 
right? This is this long teardrop looking one. Okay. And they actually make some in the marketplace. Uh, Strike King makes one called, I think it's called the Razor. But anyway, they're designed for speeding, you know, going really fast. And they build the blades around that type of scenario. If you're doing something just, you know, day in, day out, uh, you can do, um, take this one, which has actually two willows. Let me show you this one real quick. Has, as you can see, the willow, but it also has an Indiana blade. Okay. Right, so that provides some thump. This provides the flash. And a day-to-day, -day, right, this is going to be uh, what you see most spinnerbaits is just two willow, two willow leaf blades. That's right. kind of the standard. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get into, like I talked about, on if you're night fishing, you get a big uh, Colorado blade. Can't, re can't reel it real fast just because it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll on you and blow out. But, man, the thump of that is absolutely fantastic. So, again... It depends on what you're going to try to do, and that's why I've got a box. Well, I've got three boxes, but of one box of you know 20 plus uh, spinner baits. Now, and you got 16 rods already rigged up, ready to go too. <laughs> 17, but who's counting, right? Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. But hopefully, my wife does not see this show and understand that I have 17 combos sitting there ready to go just for throwing spinner baits. But you can do a lot of different things with it. Again. I always talk about for the guy that's got a budget or he's taking his kids. And don't, you don't have to get this crazy with it, right? Go out and get a three-eighths and a half-ounce spinnerbait. Get it in white with a willow leaf. Start there. Go get cheap mono um, fishing line, yep. right? Will it work? Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Can we you, throw it on a Zebco 33? You can, you can throw it. I mean, you should tie it to your finger and chunk it out. It don't <laughs> matter. I mean, you can throw it on anything you want to. Um, but, again, stay within your budget. It's very easy to let your passion get ahead of your overall common sense. We've seen it how many times. Just stay within your budget. Be smart. You can still catch fish on it. You don't have to go as crazy and in the weeds as we get with it. But at least you now have the information. Ultimately, it's what the whole show is about. It's just trying to educate. Hey, here is where you can go with it. Um, but keep it simple. Man, go and get just a monofilament. Get, you know, 12 or 15-pound monofilament. Get you a couple spinner baits. You're going to have a grand total of twelve or fifteen dollars investing with it, and just go chunk it in your local pond. And mm -hmm. like you said, that thump is going to oh god, it's going to do it no matter what you. No do. matter what you're doing, and man, again, like that bite, they are trying to kill it, and they absolutely will pull it out of your hand. Uh, and the great thing about it is, especially with a moving bait with a single hook moving bait. You're going to miss some fish every now and then. Uh -huh. But what's great about it, especially with kids, most of them, when they get a bite, really everything just falls apart, right? They get <laughs> yeah. excited. They just completely forget what they're supposed to do. So a lot of with a spinnerbait, you can just keep reeling it, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it will actually hook it itself. So you don't have to have some big, massive hook set, especially for younger kids that just, I get, I still get excited. I mean, I get a bite, I fall apart sometimes. So <laughs> spinnerbait, you know, it helps fill that gap because ultimately when you get the bite, that's a lot of fun. But getting that fish in and holding it and taking pictures, that's ultimately what uh, the end goal. Spinnerbaits do a really good job of that. All right. So we uh, like missile? Uh, we do like missile. Um, I actually got, a, got three different brands here. of trying to go fast. We're going to run out of time. Yeah, I knew it. That's what happens. You can't put a guy that likes to talk on a show where you have a limited amount of time. That's why I hire the guy who likes to talk. So, right. I, don't, so I don't have to talk. All right. We're going to hit two. Um, it's actually three different types of styles. For trailers. So on a trailer, you take the trailer hook off, right? And all we're doing now is just trying to mimic a little bit more, and we're trying to beef up the overall package of what we're presenting, right? So if we need a, a bigger, I'll see. Todd, Todd, can you make him stop? <laughs> all right, so you got uh, a missile makes a shockwave. It's just a paddle tail, like a swim bait. Again, giving it that swim bait profile. Check these out. Different colors, just match them to uh, your spinner bait. If you have to go, just go white. Okay. Right? Never go wrong. Um, also, one that's kind of a sleeper is the brush hog. We all throw a brush hog on a single hook and like a Texas rig. A brush hog is a fantastic spinnerbait trick. It's actually how I got started originally back with Zoom yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I use the midsize one. makes a really good one. They make a baby one that works as well. 
The other one I want to hit on Go is right. local. Local. Yeah. Uh, this guy's name is John Nelson. He's fantastic. I have no association with John other than I know him, and I believe in what he does. Um, actually gets these done. Local company. Neat. And it is uh, more of a crawl type, mm-hmm. but the trick is you don't you don't rig it with a closer like this. You rig it with a closer like this. Okay. So. Don't have time to go into that, but uh, check out Torn Outdoors. Check out Missile Baits. These are all fantastic uh, chances to get out and do it. So, hey, thanks again. Thanks for everybody for yeah. uh, not yelling too much. Um, <laughs> appreciate it as always. And, again, check out Jason Allen Fishing, your faith, your family, and fishing. Three most important things. Keep them in that order. You'll be great. Yeah. Man, Jason, uh, appreciate you being here. It's always fun. We learn a lot, and I don't have to do so much talking. So <laughs> well, you're welcome. Okay. That's why I'm here. I mean, um, I mean, makes it easy. Yeah, sure. I know the folks love it, and they're learning a lot, so that's what it's all about. Thank you for watching Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, always check out our social media. Uh, visit our website, tnwildlife.org. Go buy a license. Get outside. Have fun. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.